You're listening to Vix B on Riverside Radio, broadcasting live from Southwest London. Hello, welcome to the show. It's Vix B. I've got a lovely show for you. And um, I'd like to dedicate this first song to my mate Jez, who's just landed from LA. Welcome to England, girl. The gorgeous Fleetwood Mac there. And uh, I caught my little song. It was, we were playing it the other day and because uh, we do love it in our household. And I caught my seven-year-old adding in the word Buzzwell after what? Oh, Diane, Buzzwell, I'd hear because he's a huge Strictly Come Dancing fan. And um, Diane Buzzwell is the brilliant redheaded, like really redheaded, like raspberry redheaded dancer. And now it makes me laugh. So I was sitting here in the studio singing Buzzwell after every Diane. Welcome to the show, guys. I hope you are bearing this extremely uh, windy and rainy weather. I'm pretty glad we're in London and not on Guernsey, as we've just heard on the news there, that they are all um, battened down. Certain buildings have been so badly damaged already, they're actually having to shelter in hotels. Anyway, I hope you're warm and cosy and uh, I'm going to be here with you until 2pm. This show is all about celebrating South West London with you. And uh, every week I find us a local expert and hear their top tips for the best experience of their corner of South West London. Also coming up in the show, we've got Vix B Loves, where I tell you a bit about activities and arts and culture events that are going on in the boroughs of Wandsworth, Merton, Lambeth and Richmond every week. Also, our local hero this week are the very recent winners of the Derek Cooper Outstanding Achievement Award for the BBC Radio 4 Food and Farming Awards, who happen to be an amazing charity doing some excellent work in South West London. Switch on South West London. Now, every week, as I said, I profile a local hero, someone who can tell us a bit about why and how they support a cause that they're passionate about. Now, background here. While writing the school food plan in collaboration with the government in 2013, Henry Dimbleby of the Dimbleby family tweeted, or exed as it is now, asking whether any chefs would be interested in taking over the kitchen at his kids' state school. Now, Nicole Pisani, the then head of an acclaimed Soho restaurant, decided to take the gamble of a lifetime and applied for the job, was offered it by the then school's head. Nicole retrained the school cooks, teaching them to cook everything from scratch and to bake bread daily. She also encouraged them to cook their favourite recipes and uh, Nicole also took charge of the cooking curriculum in the school. This work became the model for Chefs in Schools, this amazing charity that we're going to talk about now. And they now work to help other schools completely transform the standards of school food and food education. They target areas with high levels of socio-economic deprivation, aiming to reduce food poverty, child obesity and malnutrition. I spoke with Southwest London native Naomi Duncan, who is the chief executive of this award-winning, brilliant, small, fast-growing charity. So I'm here with Naomi Duncan of Chefs in Schools. It's wonderful to see you, Naomi, and you are fresh off celebrating the most amazing win last night. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, thank you so much for having me on today. And I have to say, we're still kind of riding on a bit of a high from last night. We've just been awarded the Derek Cooper Outstanding Achievement Award from the BBC Food and Farming Awards. It's an incredible honour for us as a charity, but I also feel like it's a brilliant recognition of the work that chefs who work in schools do every single day. And 
they are people who are very, very deserving of recognition. So it's it's a double win for us. Congratulations. I'm really thrilled for you. You said Prue Leaf did a special congratulatory speech for you. She's been a passionate campaigner on everything child food and nutrition for the last 30 years. It's been one of her kind of key things that she's really interested in. So she's been a huge supporter of us from day one. What does your average week look like? I'm really, really lucky to say that my average week generally contains two to three school lunches. And that for me is a massive treat. And it's great to be able to kind of go out into the schools that we're working with and meet the chefs, meet the team, spend a bit of time with the head teachers and crucially get to eat lunch with four and five year olds, which when they're not your four and five year olds, I have to say, is is the greatest joy that a person can have. And then across the week, we do lots of coalition working with other brilliant organisations like the Food Foundation, Sustain, School Food Matters, Jamie Oliver Group, other people who work in the same space as us. Because one thing that we've learned really during COVID and, and from then on is that working in coalition together in areas where we can support each other just makes us all a kind of a much more powerful force. Now, what schools are you already collaborating with in Southwest London? So we currently work with two schools in Wandsworth, two schools who are in fact both very close to my heart. One of them is Nightingale Community Academy, which is this incredible community school. And this school works with boys who have come from really, really difficult and challenging backgrounds. And some of them have quite serious social and emotional needs. And this school works with those young men to give them the opportunities that they might not otherwise have had and a big part of that for the school is food so there's a working farm on site they grow lots of their own fruit and veg but they also have livestock and for some of these kids getting involved in that kind of sensory work of working with animals or working in the kitchen is like a really crucial way of helping them to manage their behavior so i that's a school that it's just been an enormous joy to work with for the last few years and the other school is smallwood primary school also in monsworth yeah again one of my favorite schools this school had a brilliant school chef who'd worked there for 20 years but was really really run down by working for different employers who didn't really give her lots of love or attention, just gave her bad recipes and bad food. And she was really unhappy when we started. And now you walk into the school and she's one of the most important people in the school and the whole school knows her. And she kind of walks around getting the children to try her food. And Chef Amandine, she is absolutely amazing. I love her. She's great. And so that, that's that been a joy again, working with that, that small school who was stuck in this big contract that just wasn't working for them or for their chef. And now here they are today. Now, which food... Do you notice children eating more of as a result of having a chef in their school? Actually, broccoli. <laughs> if I had to pick one, it always astonishes <laughs> me. Broccoli, but not mushrooms. Kids in no, ma- no amount of chefs in schools will get kids te- to eat mushrooms. It's mushroom texture, I think it's got to be textural. It's got yeah. to be. Oh. Uh, anyway, and we have one school where they had an anti-mushroom process and they all came to the kitchen with a sign <laughs> saying no more mushrooms. It was great. <laughs> Democracy won and there are no more mushrooms. But the main thing I would say by having a chef working in a school who understands their role as somebody who's involved in education as well as preparation of food, is that kids are more willing to try different things. And I think any parent will know, or myself, I'm an aunt, any aunt will also know that it's sometimes really tricky and difficult to get kids to try different things outside of the things that they know and feel safe that they like. But in school, you have this opportunity to push a few more boundaries. And if you have somebody who's really engaged with food, who the kids like and trust and know, parents, in fact, are very often astonished at what kids will try when surrounded by their peers in a school. It's brilliant. I've seen kids diving into bowls of everything from sugar sap peas to olives to seaweed to a whole 
cauliflower, all of these things. Kids will dive into anything if it's made fun for them, if it's made exciting, if it's made like an adventure rather than you have to eat this because it's good. Do you see academic results impacted by having chefs in schools and in which ways? We know from global research that kids eating a decent meal in school has lifelong impact for them. In Sweden, for example, they introduce universal free school meals for every primary age pupil or for every pupil. And what they discovered is that lifetimes earning potential increased for all children by about 3%, but it was double that for the kids who came from the most deprived backgrounds. In the schools that we work with directly, the head teachers feedback to us. First of all, that kids can concentrate better. So they eat a decent meal at lunchtime. They can concentrate better in the afternoon. Attendance goes up. Behaviour improves. Teachers also are eating better and feeling a lot of the same impact. And it does absolutely have an impact on our academic output. We see the impact of food, or at least the food that we put into us affects our ability to basically do everything. Is there anything holding chefs in schools back? I think the biggest thing holding us back is a perception that it's not possible to do better. If I say nothing else to everybody today, I would say if you don't currently have great food in your school and the kids aren't enjoying it, why not? And there's something that we can do about that. There is a solution. Give us a look. Go on our website, www.chefsandschools.org.uk. There's a form where you can sign up to find out more information. Get in touch. It's possible to do something different. And when you've done it, there are about 75 head teachers who we've worked with directly who have gone through this process of those there's two that haven't stayed within the program there's 73 of those 75 have stuck with it it is more difficult in the initial stages but the benefits that those head teachers have seen in those schools for their pupils for their parents for their teachers have been so huge that no matter if it was a bit of extra work in the beginning it's now paying such huge dividends Mm. why would you not do that so what is your dream for the future the dream for the future is that every child in the UK and you know globally and universally is eating and learning about real food in schools. Is every child has that equal opportunity to do that. Naomi, it's been absolutely lovely to see you. Thank you so much for chatting with the Riverside Radio. My pleasure. Thank you. And that was Naomi Duncan, CEO of award-winning charity Chefs in Schools. Now, Chefs in Schools are always looking for people who share their vision and passion about fueling the future well. So if that's you, please do get in touch with them and help transform school food. For more information, head to their website, chefsinschools.org.uk and find them on Instagram at chefsinschools underscore UK. Now... It's Fix B and I'm back here with you until 2pm today. Now we've been talking about uh, school food and on that theme I was just wondering what your best or your worst memories of school food are. I personally absolutely loved ravioli with cheese on top uh, but still the taste of liver and the texture of it put me off certain meats for the rest of my life having been made to eat it when I was five and I still shudder when I think about it. (laughs) So I was wondering what are your best and worst memories of school food? You can WhatsApp me here in the studio with your stories. Uh, The number is 07871 670493 that's 07871 670493 or you can message me on my Instagram which is at vixb.london that's vixb.london London. Watermelon sugar. And you are welcome. Oh, don't I just love the sound of his voice, the look of his little face. I am such a cliche, but to me, Harry Styles is everything. 
Now, I've had uh, I've had some responses uh, for my shout out talking about the theme of school food. And I've got uh, Nikki in Wimbledon who says she remembers gross, disgusting packet powdered potatoes. Well, I don't know if they're powdered, but anyway, powdered potatoes. And she absolutely loved the jam roly-poly. She lived for it. I didn't ask, I must ask her actually how often they served it. And uh, Oliver in Southfields says that uh, no complaints. He loved absolutely every moment of his school dinners. So I love that. Thank you, Teo Cruz, telling us that he's going to break our hearts. I don't know, a bit presumptuous, isn't it? Maybe we'll break his. Uh, Good song, though. I've had uh, another reaction from my question on school food and what your best and worst memories are. I've got a message here from my mate Vicky, who's listening in Germany. Uh, She said she was a packed lunch kid. There was definitely a divide because we sat on different tables to the school dinner kids three exclamation marks uh she said she had a paddington bear lunchbox which came with a flask that tucked inside you know she says the little plastic ones that look like a mini suitcase uh the standard was sandwiches wrapped in cling film a packet of crisps some sort of chocolate bar such as a penguin or a club i'd like to add kit kat the two finger version to that that was my situation and a token piece of fruit which she said they never ate Five exclamation marks. She said she remembers loving ham and pickle sandwiches. Egg mayo was always controversial because they were super tasty, but they stank the place out. And she said sandwich paste was an absolute rotter of a sandwich day with a little melty face emoji. Brilliant. Thank you so much for that, Vicky. Um, I've also had a message in from Nina in Clapham. And she said that they used to be served pita bread sandwiches and uh, it had something inside it and she's never been able to identify what it was she thinks it was some kind of elderly beef she says but she assures me that it was similar in eating well she's never had a leather sole to eat uh, from a shoe but she thinks that would be more pleasurable to eat she also said oily pasta and vegetables that just could not even be identified crikey Elizabeth Ann, our regular listener in the States. Brilliant. Shout out to you, Mrs. Um, she says her worst and best memories. So worst was a cold sore. Cold slaw, not cold sore. Uh, cold slaw, she said it smelled. And she said best was pizza and macaroni and cheese. May I'm with you on that. Sounds delicious. Susie Wilde, gorgeous Susie Wilde, who is fellow radio presenter here on Riverside Radio. Uh, she says her best memory was chocolate cake and custard. Worst, cold mashed potatoes. Oh, my gosh. Now, another brilliant fellow radio presenter here on Riverside Radio is Bridie. And she and Jeremy do the Saturday morning show from 7 till 10. Do check it out. It's absolutely lovely listening. And she said Pastor King was elite, but awful at the same time. Do you know, I'm not actually sure what that means, but... uh, I love her, so I'll take it. And, oh, another brilliant DJ here on Riverside Radio, Cafecito. Um, He says, worst was spam. Oh, my God, absolutely. Best, apple crumble and custard. And, you know, I've had another message from my mate Desley who said, also, apple crumble, seconds, thirds. She used to just keep going up until they ran out. Okay, here we go. Switch on Southwest London. 
Another example of the absolutely genius selection of music we play here on Riverside Radio. I've got Nirvana coming up, Billy Joel. I've just played you the Beatles. I mean, crikey, O'Reilly. I've had another shout out with regards to best food or worst food at school from my mate Jez, who is, as we speak, winging her way to the studio because she wants to see where I am and what I'm doing. She's just landed in Heathrow from Los Angeles and uh, she's going to be here soon. I might even let her have a go on a mic later. But she said that chocolate milk shakes that you could drink in her school cafeteria in America. She grew up in Atlanta and then she could dip her French fries in it. That does kind of sound completely delicious. Um, I've also, my mate Dan in Putney, she said, uh, she said, oh, she said it's not good, but the compulsory milk before break, warm in a bottle with a straw. Then she's got the little vomiting emoji. Clearly not a milk fan. I absolutely loved milk at lunch times, at you know break times. And uh, oh, I've got a message from Michael Walner, who is the brother of a mate of mine, and he lives in Putney as well. And he said, "Liver!" Exclamation mark. I'm with you completely, Michael. And he said, "But best gooseberry crumble." Absolutely delicious. Now I've had a message from Marissa. I love this. She clearly went to a very, very fabulous boarding school and quite a while ago, I imagine, because she said her wonderful uncle used to send her a care package from Harrods every week with fruit in it. And she said without that... She thinks she would have died from, is it scurvy, rickets, something, you know, when you don't get any vitamin C at all. She said they used to have to boil kettles and put eggs in them and boil eggs in the kettle because the only other option uh, from the nuns who ran the kitchen at her boarding school was powdered eggs and she thought that was absolutely disgusting. I love the idea of getting a weekly Harrods package. Isn't that fabulous? Riverside Today for South West London. Riverside Radio. I tell you what, when I lived as I did in Canada for a little bit, when I was a troubled teen, I lived with my aunt and her dear, dear family. And uh, I helped myself. I'd never been to an American, sort of North American, Canadian canteen at uh, high school before. And I used to have chips every single day. And I wondered why after six months there, I couldn't get into the same shorts that I had been wearing at the beginning of my trip there. Hmm. We learn. Uh, Now, as a home stylist, I encourage you to get the best from your home and the possessions you already have by rethinking how you display what you love most. Now, for my top tip this week, and because I was chatting to a mate yesterday who's recently moved and she is struggling to fill her empty walls. She wants instant impact, but the move was expensive. So I've suggested using large canvases that you can find in art shops and either painting them in colours you love using tester pots, which cost very little, or covering them in wallpaper that you like, and wrapping them like a present and stapling them at the back. And then you can hang these canvases by themselves or in a group of the same sizes together. I have to say I love a trio. And uh, there you have it, a wall filled with colour or pattern. And for more home styling tips, do head to my Instagram, which is vixby.london. Switch on Southwest London. I'm Taylor Swift, and you're listening to Riverside Radio. Thank you, Taylor Swift. It's Vixby, and I'm going to be here with you until 2 p.m. today. Now, I'm 
on a quest to bring you the absolute best ways to enjoy the boroughs of Richmond, Wandsworth, Merton and Lambeth. Did you know that a million people live here? I know, huge. Uh, I was born in Richmond and I lived and worked in London, uh, but then I lived abroad for ages and ages and I'm now back in the UK and I live in leafy East Sheen but I really want to explore southwest London with you. So this week I've taken inspiration from our local hero the charity Chefs in Schools who teach children about nutrition through providing delicious school meals and I was wondering how that would impact these pupils future attitudes to fitness in general. I recently put out a shout out on my Instagram at vixby.london uh, for listeners to nominate local heroes and local experts for me to profile in this very show. And by the way, please do get in touch if you have people in mind. Now, one brilliant lady who was full of ideas was fitness instructor Shelley Palmer, the creator of the fabulous fitness brand and specialises in getting women strong by lifting weights. Now, we met online when I asked her for local recommendations for my local hero and local expert features for this very show that I do every week. And she was an absolute font with all sorts of great ideas. And I was struck by her energy and her brilliant community spirit. So I got in touch and asked if she would come on and chat to us about what she does and how she does it. I'm with Shelley Palmer fitness coach and Southwest London girl through and through. Oh, hi. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I have been living around Southwest London for a long time now, since my grandparents and great grandmother. She was almost born in the Apostles in Rains Park. So yes, good heritage. <laughs> I'm a fitness coach and I've been training and teaching dance to women for over a decade now. At the height of Zumba, I was teaching about 150 ladies in one go. Now, very specifically, and what I love mm. on your Instagram, is you talking about the benefits of weight training. And now this is something I'm really interested in because I try and keep myself really fit. But I know as a lady of a certain age, I've been advised that lifting weights is the way forward. Tell me about that. I wish I discovered earlier. I mean, I've always thought I was fit I was teaching at my height 25 classes a week you know so I would have said I was fit but it dancing didn't change my body shape in any shape or form I discovered weights I had a miscarriage and I was very very depressed and I saw a therapist and they they advocated boxing and going to the gym and lifting because okay. you know they you're trying to get the anger out and then they were like this is going to help you and I met a personal trainer and then I just fell in love with lifting weights and as a sort of byproduct of that my body just shredded um and what does shredded mean Shelley what does that oh, mean okay well I hadn't and now imagine you know, it's really good of, right yes you know coke I call it coke bottle curves but it's all about having a snatched waist and building your booty and getting curves in the right places when you're over 30 which I am the only way to combat aging is to start lifting we need to have strong bones the muscle fibers collagen everything is kind of depleting and weight training is the way to combat that if you start lifting but it's got to be heavy and how do you get motivated if you've never lifted weights before because I have to say that I'm thinking Arnie I'm thinking bulging muscles yeah. you know I know there are benefits and I have a history of osteoporosis in my family. So how can you help me get into it? I think, like you, I've all, I was always scared of it. 
I never sort of ventured into the weights area because it was the male area. And I was like, oh, my God, yeah. I was completely intimidated. You know, things have changed now. There's a lot more women training in gyms now. So, okay. um, so I would advocate either starting with a personal trainer online. And that's how you run your courses, isn't it? Yes. Well, I'm, I'm a online South West London based, but you yes. are, you know, available to anyone really in the world. They tell us about how, what's the physics of of lifting weights and making yourself stronger but what, what, why is it so good for us you're burning fat for more time yeah mm-hmm. so you can do a 20 minute exercise plan and you can still be burning weights in the evening really which is why it's so amazing for us give me 20 minutes of your day and you know you can still look goddamn fierce and the best that you can be it's time efficient brilliant so it's time efficient and kind of slow release now, have you got any top tips for us for your particular area of southwest London? So we've got some amazing parks where we are. I love walking up on the common by the windmill. I love going to Babylon in Rains Park and having an amazing coffee. You know, I absolutely love the Buddhist temple. We've got it. We've got it all. <laughs> <laughs> it was so lovely to meet you. Thank you so much, Shelley. And thank yeah. you for being such a positive inspiration. Uh, thank you for having me. Ah, oh, thank you, Shelley Palmer. And that coffee shop she mentioned then sounds slightly distorted. It's actually Babylon. And she said it does the best coffee and it's a brilliant independent place, which is the sort of place we like to talk about here on Riverside Radio. Um, you can find Shelley on at Shelley, that's S-H-E-L-L-Y-V, I think for Victorious, Palmer, P A L. M-E-R on Instagram. You're listening to Vix B on Riverside Radio, broadcasting live from Southwest London. I have been joined in the studio by my buddy Jez, who's just flown in from Los Angeles. Hi, Angel. Good afternoon. Hi. Tell us, why are you here in London, fresh from Heathrow? <laughs> just landed from Los Angeles, and I'm really thrilled to be here. You know, I lived here 20 years ago, and I love London. It has a great space in my heart. But I'm here because the uh, interior design firm I work for, Rodrigo Vargas Design out of Los Angeles, we are nominated for an award. Um, the ceremony is tomorrow. It's by the Society of British and International Interior Designers. And our spa at Resorts World Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas, called Awana Spa, because don't we all Awana Spa? We do want a spa. <laughs> So true. <laughs> um, we're nominated for uh, spa and wellness design. So, sweetheart, congratulations! Thank you. Fingers crossed that we win. Yay! <laughs> okay, here we go. Switch on Southwest London. I now have got some recommendations for all sorts of fun things that we can do over the next few days. So, local activities, arts, and culture events that I'm excited about, and I think you should be too. This Sunday, November the 5th, check out the West Norwood Feast which is uh, every first Sunday of the month from April to December, the West Norwood Town Centre turns into a community-based street market festival. Local volunteers organise a full programme from 10 till 4, including free children's activities, a farmer's market, craft fair and live entertainment to keep the whole family happy. Uh, All built around 100 market stalls spread around Norwood High Street. Find out more information all about it on westnorwoodfeast.com Riverside Today for South West London on Riverside Radio 
Now, I've been waiting to tell you about this. This Saturday, 4th of November, we will be live. That is, Riverside Radio will be live from Collis Primary School in Teddington for their annual music fireworks extravaganza. This year's theme is Fire and Ice. Gates open from 4.30pm, where we will be providing plenty of pre-fireworks entertainment, including live acts performing on stage. Come along early and grab a delicious hot dog or a wonderful wrap from High Street favourite Ruba. They also have a fully stocked bar and plenty of mulled wine to keep you warm. Uh, There's lots more to entertain the kids with a selection of fairground rides, uh, the return of the popular Beat the Goalie, fire and ice face painting and plenty of other fun things to brighten up the night the fireworks will round off the evening and they'll be starting at 6 30 p.m you can get tickets now that's 12 pounds for an adult six pounds for a child ages four to 15 and toddlers aged not to three are completely free head over to collis.richmond.sc that's sch.uk slash tickets to buy your tickets as this event sells out fast can't wait to see you there Hello, it's Vix B, and uh, I've got more recommendations for fun things that we can do over the weekend. Now, one is that uh, Richmond's Family Fireworks Night is on this Sunday, November the 5th. It's being held at Richmond Athletic Ground. Enjoy a spectacular evening of family fun with a fully composed firework display to music. Under this year's theme, Monarchy... Gates will open from 4.30pm with an array of food and drinks on offer. Tickets are for purchase on eventbrite.com. And that was Catch Us If You Can by the Dave Clark Five. Like I said before, we play a variety of music for you here at Riverside Radio. Now, opening next Thursday, November the 9th, is the Clapham International Film Festival. Uh, a range of talents from SW4 locals to international filmmakers will showcase their work and hold several masterclasses on indie filmmaking and producing. The festival is being held in several venues through the borough. It was started by local filmmakers wishing to create a fantastic event that brings together the community and I think they've really succeeded in that so you can head to CIF that's C-I-F-F standing for Clapham International Film Festival C-I-F-F.uk for the detailed programme and tickets Switch on South West London Well that was a bit of James Blunt and uh, I've been showing my darling friend Jez around uh, our little studio here and uh, she's been marvelling at um, what we all do here on Riverside Radio which is broadcast um, for our community and um, create community within that and uh, it's absolutely lovely showing her what we do and um, hearing her squeaks of joy so I'm going to play this next one for her because she is on fire. Ah, lovely Bruce wailing at us there. He's on fire. Love him. Um, And that was played specially for my friend Jez, who's in the studio today, marvelling at uh, what we do here on Riverside Radio, and I love her for it. Um, I would like to thank 
everyone who's contributed to my show today, to my local hero of this week, the amazing Naomi Duncan of excellent charity, Chefs in Schools, fresh from receiving the Derek Cooper Outstanding Achievement Award at the BBC Radio 4 Farming and Food Awards for the work they are doing to completely transform the standard of school food and food education across southwest London and the UK. Their aim is to reduce food poverty, child obesity and malnutrition one delicious school meal at a time. I'd also like to thank our local expert this week, lovely Shelley Palmer, who is empowering women to get strong and healthy by lifting weights. Thank you, Shelley, for your advice on how to use weights to give us the bodies we want and how to achieve better levels of fitness and confidence. Now, you'll find all this week's show details on my Instagram page from tomorrow morning at vixb.london. Thank you so much for tuning in. See you all next week and I look forward to it. Bye. You're listening to Vix B on Riverside Radio, broadcasting live from Southwest London.